is the fifth podcast on the basics of software engineering course and in this lecture Juha Itkonen is going to tell us about software quality assurance. Okay, thanks. Good morning. So today we talk about quality assurance and I guess this is a familiar way of, of describing problems in, in quality assurance. I guess you all have seen this kind of comics or, or other other amusing examples how you can end up doing quality assurance kind of a, on a, in a bad way but it's it's probably I think it's quite challenging to get get the quality assurance really working without destroying people's motivation and 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 without being a police that is constantly Follow, following and and controlling what other people are doing, or alternatively uh, doing some theoretical ding things and producing documents that nobody nobody cares about, nobody reads, and nobody uses. So it's a challenging area, quality assurance. And I try today on today's lecture. I try to to clarify the concepts and explain what quality assurance is, what it isn't, and how it relates to other quality-related uh, activities in, in soft, software engineering. So SQA is the common, common uh, acronym for software quality assurance. And quality assurance itself is a kind of general term and general discipline, not related specifically to software engineering at all. Today, uh, we go first to uh, through introduction to quality assurance, uh, go through the main concepts, and then we take two examples of how, how to uh, arrange quality assurance, software quality, quality assurance. Uh, one from CMM or CMMI, the perhaps more traditional or, or document-driven approach. And then we look at how, how quality assurance uh, could be visible in agile context. And if you have time, I would like to tell you something about bugs at the end of this lecture. Let's see how much time we have for that section. Uh, okay, software quality assurance. What is it all about? Uh, let's refresh your, your memory and, and remind you the definition of software quality. This should be familiar to you from the earlier lectures. So the quality has something to do with meeting requirements and meeting the expectations of customers and end users. Uh, another, I think, quite good way to put, put definition to quality is uh, Mr. Weinberg's uh, short a brief definition, quality is value to some persons, meaning that uh, 
the properties your software that some some stakeholder uh, finds as valuable for them can be considered is considered as as uh, examples of quality properties that are, that represent high quality in your, your software and all these of oh, and these definitions of course uh, you can you can understand that from these definitions also that it's very very multifaceted and, and varying concept that that it's it's uh, uh, almost a little bit different for for every person every stakeholder in, in software project uh, we often see uh, the term good enough quality mentioned in in literature and and, and more often in practice in companies, software companies, people uh, uh, make such st statements that uh, we don't need to uh, aim for a perfect quality. We, we aim for a good enough quality. And it's uh, uh, good to think through what does it mean that something is good enough, some, something has good enough quality. And James Bach has actually defined this term, this concept quite nicely. Uh, he states that to claim that any given thing is good enough, it means that we must agree with all, all of the following propositions. First, uh, the thing, for example, the software product, must have uh, sufficient benefits. So, for example, in software project, before we release our system or, or product to customers, it should have sufficient benefits for the customer to, to uh, be considered as a high quality software. On the other hand, uh, it shouldn't have any critical problems. So, vague term, critical, but, but somehow it's related to, to the thing that the problem the problems should not be as high that they, they kind of prevent the, the customer from getting the benefits that the software is kind of built for. And the benefits should sufficiently outweigh the problems. So the system should be more useful than annoyance and hindrance for the customer. So clearly more value than problems should be delivered to customers. And in the present situation, all things considered, it's better to release the project uh, or, or product to the customer than to keep improving it. And in that point, we can say that, okay, we have a good, good enough, we have achieved good enough level of quality. And this all things considered here uh, really means all things. For example, any any uh, contracts, any uh, for example uh, com competitors' product releases and, and and things like that. So so all things, uh, many things that has uh, not directly nothing to do with with for example our, our software development project or external things considered. 
it's good to release it. And this, this means that uh, even though we are not aiming for a perfect quality, best possible quality uh, uh, bug-free product or anything like that, we still need to do quite a lot of quality practices. We still need quality assurance because uh, to be to be able to say to be able to state that okay this product now our product is good enough to be released we have to know that it's good enough to be released we have to get the information we have to understand what are the benefits <coughs> sorry what are the benefits at the moment uh, what are the critical what are the remaining problems we have to know if there that that uh, there is no critical problems left, and so on. So we, we need to do quite a lot, quite many things for the quality, even though we are we are uh, aiming for a, perhaps quite a lot of lower level of quality than a perfect perfect level would be. Okay, and when we aim to some level of quality want to do high quality or good enough quality products, want to assure the level of quality, uh, we, we need to do quality assurance. And quality assurance is, is uh, basically it's based on an idea, ideas that are described, described for example, in, in the quality standard, this ISO standard 9126. Uh, where the basic idea is that quality in process, process quality leads to product quality. So assumption goes though that when we have a process that we kind of instantiate as a development project, then the good process is instantiated in the project and that project then uh, creates a product that is of high quality. So quality assurance is focused on, on a uh, pro quality in process, which is assumed to lead in, in high quality in products. And this is a, a common assumption, uh, but it's, it's not always true. But it, this, is, this is the thing that quality assurance uh, in general is, is based on. Is good to keep in mind. Okay, let's go then to the definition of quality assurance. Uh, IEEE glossary we can find in this kind of definition, which states that quality assurance is a systematic kind of systematic approach or pattern of all actions necessary to provide adequate confidence. So we are providing confidence by doing quality assurance. Confidence that uh, product or, or software conforms to its technical requirements. And also a set of activities uh, designed to evaluate the process. By evaluating the process and controlling the process, we are creating confidence that our products are, are uh, conforming to the requirements. 
I think that this definition is a little bit narrow because it, it explicitly kind of connects that quality assurance is only, only concerned of conforming to established technical requirements. We can find also other definitions and I think it's better to, to think a little bit wider so that quality assurance is concerned also of other things than, than conforming to requirements. Uh, in general, establishing confidence that all quality-related activities in our project or process are performed correctly and effectively. And try to, in advance, make sure that we have all the, all the necessary quality practices in place and, and the practices are actually performed so that, that the good enough level of quality can actually be reached. Uh, the concept, the quality-related concepts in software engineering uh, are not too well established or, or, or uh, defined. The concepts are somewhat overlapping and they are used quite differently in different, different sources, different books and articles. Uh, but we can find at least one quite good uh, presentation of, of these concepts. Rudenson and Isaacson has written a paper where they describe <coughs> one way of stru structuring these concepts so that we can somehow understand what these concepts mean and how they are related to each other. Here is their structure which puts software quality engineering as the highest level, kind of, kind of widest concept. So all quality-related related, uh, activities belong to software, uh, area of software quality engineering. And it's further divided to two main, main uh, areas, quality development or quality building, where we have things, practices, methods that we, we aim to used to uh, create quality, build good quality software. And another area which is quality assurance in general. So things that we are using and activities that we are doing to assure or ensure that that uh, required levels of quality will be achieved. And under the quality assurance, we have further software quality assurance as a specific concept that is a name that comes from a, mainly from CMM where <coughs> they use the term software quality assurance for a specific meaning and then there's quality management which is a little, little bit different thing and also uh, commonly verification and validation in practice testing reviews and, and, and things like that, is also uh, considered as being a part of quality assurance. Okay, now, last lecture, I, I introduced a concept of quality practices to you. So how quality practices fit into this picture? Any ideas? 
where quality practices belong, as I defined practice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quality development. Quite naturally, uh, there are a lot of quality practices that are used to kind of create quality. Other ideas? I think that the, the concept of quality practices kind of puts many different practices to below the quality development and here below the verification validation. These four boxes here contain uh, concrete activities that are performed as part of software development project, like uh, writing and elicitating requirements, make, making designs, designing software systems, architectures, implementing, writing code, using coding standards, standards uh, doing testing, inspections, writing unit tests, all these kind of kind of concrete things that you do on the on the floor level, factory floor floor level, if you you could say in a software project. And these two things, software quality assurance and quality management, are a bit, little bit different thing. So, quality engineering is a high-level term that encloses all activities involved. Uh, in software engineering with respect to its quality. So every activity that is related to quality can be seen as a part of quality, quality engineering. Quality assurance uh, are activities for independent assurance of adherence to defined processes. So two key terms here, independent and processes. Independent, independent assurance of adherence to defined processes. So quality management instead is a lower level. Uh, it's kind of a lower level uh, quality assurance practices. Uh, so we could say that quality management includes projects, internal activities to monitor and manage the software quality because software quality assurance is independent activity. Then we need quality assurance activities also inside our development team, inside our project. That's quality management. And finally, verification validation are concrete, uh, concrete activities to verify, meaning, meaning, for example, test that the system and its components conform to the specifications of a test against specifications and validate, use different practices to validate that the developer software will, will fulfill the customer's requirements so that the right, right system is, has been built or is being built. So these are the differences between these concepts. And as you could see, the both defect prevention and detection, the quality development or building and quality assurance uh, are needed. Uh, we cannot trust purely on, on our high quality processes, uh, 
software design and documentation and implementation practices. We need also testing, but we cannot trust purely on testing because that will be also a kind of expensive and, and difficult way to, to, to put the quality into the system by, by doing everything, by coding and fixing uh, through, through endless testing cycles. Prevention. Mm. Prevention is essential because it can be used, it's used to, to kind of uh, prevent the, uh, preventing defects to occur in the first place. So, so we, we don't have to even make the defects, we don't have to find the defects, we don't have to report the defects, we don't have to uh, debug the defects, we don't have to fix the defects, we don't have to report that the defects are fixed, we don't have to retest the fixed defects and we don't have to find the new defects that were introduced when fixing the earlier defects. So it's, it's kind of an effective way of, of improving the quality to prevent the defects to occur, occur at all. Uh, and many, many software engineering practices are actually, uh, their, one, one, of, one of their main goal is actually uh, preventing defects or, or ensuring high quality from, from the start. For example, coding conventions, design patterns, using reviews to, to uh, make, for example, requirements right and that way prevent uh, design and coding defects that would be caused by uh, bad requirements or missing or, or ambiguous requirements. But the detection part is also needed. Uh, uh, prevented defects are, of course, the cheap, cheapest way, but then we need uh, several levels of, of detection on, on several testing level, levels to find, find the defects that we could not prevent, prevent in the first place, to find them as, as early as possible, because it's cheaper to fix when, when we find them earlier. Uh, and uh, currently we don't know any, any, any ways of, of kind of ensuring defect-free software. We always need to test it and try to find the defects. There, there, there always will be a lot of defects in, in a new software. Uh, and some kind of defects are cheaper, clearly cheaper to just, just test test and find them to try to, to prevent them and, and, and improve the development process so much that, that all the defects are, are, will never, never occur. And the confidence thing is quite important. Uh, if we could assume that we could uh, produce uh, virtually bug-free code and we could say that, okay, these, these, uh, this software is done using such a, uh, such a wonderful process that it doesn't contain any bugs, any, any, any critical bug, it's not possible. Then still, 
it might be necessary to kind of create the confidence for the software by testing it and 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 uh, having kind of inf quality information so that we have we have done certain plant tests and 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 reviews and so on and and we can based on on those activities we can we can state that there actually it, it's it's very probable that there actually is no critical defects if we try to economize for example our manager or product owner or or uh, customer that that uh, uh, software we, we wrote is, is of high quality and we probably need something to kind of show them so it's good to do some amount of defect detection always so then we can think about the purpose of quality assurance where it is needed what it is needed for uh, it's needed because we need independent assurance of adherence to defined processes. So if, if we define processes, create good ways of doing software development work, we need independent assurance. Some, some, we need some, somebody to, to ensure that we actually are following the processes. Uh, the quality assurance helps to create sufficient processes, applicable processes, by doing uh, continuous process improvement as part of their, their duties. We need to monitor the process continuously, uh, see that the processes are followed, uh, to identify any deviations when the processes are not followed or, or or the processes are such that people cannot, are not able to follow them, or, or there are other problems. And some, somebody to make sure that when we find problems in, in, in following the processes, or, 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 or uh, problems in the process and practices, in, uh, we, we find bad practices, that these problems are acted so, so something is done, so somebody takes the responsibility of fixing those problems and follows that, that actually those, those things are fixed and, and, and uh, if we have, for example, process that, that somebody, uh, some team, for example, doesn't follow, then, then uh, something has to do, do about it. Either the process is not, not good for that team or, or the team should should be guided to, to follow the process is the, if the process is good for them. And third, quality assurance, quality assurance should be able to act as a support organization for software development. So they, they could be, should be able to support uh, developers and testers, for example, providing visibility to their own work, so, so to the development process, how the process is working, uh, what is the uh, level of quality that, that they, they, they can produce, uh, giving feedback, if something is going wrong, they can give feedback, they can measure, for, for example, uh, 
starting from simple simple uh, simple traces, back traces, and uh, trends, how how things are are going. They can they can uh, collect data from from uh, many uh, many uh, historical uh, past projects and and compare compare their data between projects and and help in planning future projects by by providing providing the actual data that they have collected from earlier projects and then kind of take the responsibility for uh, following and tracking issues and 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 those metrics as an independent uh, unit so that it's not the, if for example we want to uh, measure some 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 things uh, in a whole organization it's a probably good idea that somebody takes the responsibility to collecting those metrics rather than just just telling all the project managers that that uh, in addition to all, all other things that you have not time to do then you have to also collect these and that and and those metrics in, in every project separately okay and here's a one simple example for example take the unit testing uh, unit testing is clearly a quality practice in, in our uh, terminology. Uh, it's something that developer does as part of his or her everyday work. So developer writes unit tests. Uh, there can be different procedures to follow. Each source code class must have unit tests. All unit tests are reviewed, for example. Uh, all unit tests are run and must pass. These kind of are typical, typical uh, kind of rules and practices that are used when, when unit tests are done. Okay, then how these, these things are related to quality assurance, how unit tests uh, are viewed, viewed from the quality assurance point of view. Can you imagine how how quality what kind of responsibilities quality assurance team could take take on unit testing now yeah yeah of course you get confidence from the unit testing yeah uh, uh, what would be the activities of quality assurance team? If the developers write the unit tests, developers review each other's unit tests, they keep them passing and, and run them regularly. So what quality assurance could, could take from that, these practices? Let's see. Uh, first, they could, for example, be facilitators uh, when the unit tests are taken taken into use in the first place. Kind of understand what are the benefits and introduce the practice to, to uh, development teams, uh, uh, organize training, and so on. And then, 
if we have th these rules or practices how to do unit tests, the, quality as the, the job and responsibility of quality assurance team will be assure, make sure that these rules are followed. So they should monitor that each class actually have unit tests, uh, that the tests actually have been reviewed and nightly builds are actually run every night and the builds are, uh, the, the tests are passing and kind of react if there is problems. For example, problems that, that uh, the unit tests are, uh, nightly builds are actually not run every night and find out what's the problem and how to, how to fix them. And measure and track the trends in relevant metrics. Uh, there, are some, there are some examples what kind of metrics there might be. It's totally dependent on, on uh, what the quality assurance team and, and uh, organization wants to do, what things they have want to measure and improve, how, how do they want to use the data, depends. Uh, so this doesn't mean that you must monitor all these things and measure all these things, but, but you might want to measure some of these things. For example, to make sure that the nightly builds are actually run and, and by analyzing the results, you could be able to improve that process if you feel that you have problems in, 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 in that, that process. And of course, if they are collecting the data, it might be a great idea to, to kind of uh, uh, bring the data available for the teams also, so that the teams could also uh, use use the data for for the team level level purposes. Okay. Now I ask a question. Uh, based on what I, I have told this far, based on the this example of of unit testing and the role of quality assurance there, what do you think is unit testing need? Uh, is quality assurance, software quality assurance actually needed? Do we need it? Do we need somebody to assure these things? Monitor developers' work and make sure that, that they are doing what they are supposed to do? Any ideas? Let's vote. How many of you think that, oh, one comment, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, two comments. First, uh, if we are in an unchanging environment with unchanging teams, so we are not much changes, then it might be that we we can manage without quality assurance. But in practice, 
people are changing, technologies are changing, everything is changing. And if we are doing trivial things, that was the second comment, then perhaps we can manage without any quality assurance. But, but when we are doing complicated, difficult things and, and we have a lot of, for example, a lot of practices to follow, which are new, new practices and techniques are coming all the time, then perhaps we need. So, first, software quality assurance in CMMI, CMM or CMMI. Uh, the term software quality assurance is, uh, comes uh, currently mainly, it means CMMI, CMM key process area. One CMM's key process area is, is called software quality assurance and it's, it's kind of a research word. And if you talk about quality assurance in general, meaning it might be good to use, use just quality assurance because for some people it, it has a very specific meaning, software quality assurance, SQ, SQA. So the pictures here kind of illustrate the, the viewpoint of quality assurance in CMM, CMM. So when you look at it, read what is said about quality assurance, you get the get the picture that it's it, it some kind of, of police department activities for police software police process police department. Uh, objectives are stated that the supports delivery of high quality products and services, which is probably the good objective quality assurance should be some kind of support organization, not kind of the main thing that the organization is, is concerned about. And because the CMM as a whole kind of focuses on, on uh, improving, kind of measuring the maturity of, of processes, helping to improve processes, uh, put put organizations on a, on a levels or, or give a give a grades based on a process maturity then it's of course the main goal of the quality assurance is ensure that the planned processes are correctly implemented and followed uh, in CMM uh, in quality assurance, it is important that it's kind of ob uh, some way objectively evaluating. So, so there is, it should be uh, in some some sense independent organization that is that is uh, able to objectively evaluate uh, other uh, the work of, of of development teams or, or other parts of the organization how they are performing the processes, how good work products they are producing, inspecting their documents, uh, how good services they are providing. Uh, and this evaluation is done against uh, processes, descriptions, standards, procedures. So against some documented criteria. So it's not that just that quality assurance comes and says that, hey, 
this doesn't look good, but it's, it's uh, clearly focused on, on uh, comparing to the established or, or documented processes and descriptions. Uh, and there, what they do is, is do reviews, audits, uh, track and monitor what is going on in the organization. They try to identify non-compliance issues, places where processes are not followed or, or, or practices are not, not used as, as they are described. And they are reporting these issues and provide feedback to the project staff, to teams. Of course, this, I, I think this should be the main, main feedback channel. But they also have, have this uh, way to escalate problems to manager management level so that if, the pro, if, if these non-compliance issues cannot be solved on a team level or, or the team is reluctant to, to do anything, then they can escalate always to the management. So this is the organizational, uh, their organizational structure is, is such that they can, they have these, these mechanisms to use. And they try to make sure that all, all issues that they, they uh, reveal are, are actually handled. Something is done, things are improved, problems are, are solved. So the organization is independent SQA group, uh, and it, 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 this, this SQA team should, should of course include uh, software development professionals, people that, that know very well how the, how the practices and, and, and processes are, are and, and should be, should be uh, performed, that the SQA group is, is evaluating but the people should be separate from the actual team whose, whose uh, performance is evaluated so, so, so that people don't evaluate their own, own doings, own process. They, they, they are in that sense independent. And the reporting primarily goes to the team, is, is utilized to the team level but of course also on, on a, the upper management can, can get, get the reports of the problems that cannot be solved. But also it's an uh, important thing, important benefit of having a separate independent SQA group is that it can, it can uh, focus on problems and processes more on an organizational level or, or, or a, uh, processes of a bigger organizational unit than, for example, one team or one, one, one project so that they can have a wider view and, and it might be beneficial to have some, some on some level a uniform or same processes in different parts of, of a company or organization so they can, uh, that way they can uh, utilize their data and also experiences, good experiences for, and, and bad experiences from uh, other organizational units in, in, in all, all, all units that, that they are working. Yes? Question. Uh, does this mean that usually if, uh, if a non-compliance issue is found, it's reported just to the team? Or 
and the team is responsible for fixing it, and only if they don't, then it goes further. Yeah, I guess that, as I understand, that's that's the idea that the team should should kind of take care of their own problems, so that uh, that uh, I would say it's it's a kind of a, it's not good for the for the uh, spirit and and the, and the, uh, trust and and that kind of things that the trust to the SQA group if everything is reported to the to the management and of course in in in, in practice only only things that cannot be solved on on a for example team level should be escalated but they have this this way of doing it so they can also uh, handle difficult problems and different kinds of problems because they they are not not part of the team and they can they can uh, go to the uh, appropriate level to to make make th things happen. Okay, here are the goals and practices pretty much already mentioned. Uh, perhaps. In addition, the previous ones is the tracking and analyzing trends of quality issues, and and for example, trying to measure the, the level of, of produced quality uh, and try to react to any 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 abnormal deviations to, to kind of normal things. You can people can for example follow the uh, amount on, and distribution distribution of bugs and and you can if you you use several metrics not just the plain number of bugs bugs but try to try to uh, kind of uh, measure it in in comparison to the to the size of the project and, and uh, other factors then you can perhaps uh, use that information to uh, understand if the project is going well if there's some problems if the number of and, and type and severity distributions are normal or if, if there are too few bugs, should be more bugs in this kind of project in this phase, something wrong with the testing, for example, or if there are too many, too many open, nobody fixes and so on, and they can react to that kind of issues. Okay, but if that in a, in a briefly describes the CMM approach, then we can look at, okay, how things, how things are done in agile, agile context. And in agile methods, in general, it's, it's difficult to find any, any quality assurance activities. They focus quite clearly on the team level. There you can find some things that you could say that are quality management on, on a team level, but this whole quality assurance is, is, uh, is difficult to find because the agile methods uh, don't, don't take too much 
they don't make any any statements or include uh, practices or methods for bigger than a, than a, for higher than the team level. But we can find when we by reading agile literature, you can you can find the, the basic approach that they are uh, proposing for for handling this basically the same uh, meeting the same goals that quality assurance is is, is needed for. <coughs> so agile methods seem to have this kind of uh, reputation that when you go go to agile then everything is free and you can do whatever you want want and, and pretty much is, is is having fun with your friends. Uh, so this this might match quite badly to the to the things that we have just learned about what is quality assurance. So we don't we don't see the police here, and we don't actually want police here in in, in agile context at all. And, and, uh, agilists probably say say that that you don't need the police here. Uh, So you don't typically see any separate organization. You don't even see a separate testing or verification or validation organization. Uh, the documented processes and, and practices, the process processes to defining the processes and, and, and that kind of uh, part of, of software engineering is, is not, it's not emphasized there it's more important that you you, you do do uh, your job well and you do uh, clever things than, than that you have uh, documented your processes and the individuals have a very strong role and the team has very individual Individuals are trusted and respected. Their their uh, skills and 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 uh, experience are are a big is a, are an important uh, have an important role in in making things things to work. And the team pretty much can decide about their about their own practices and methods and processes. Uh, so the quality management is, is emphasized, but we can find at, at least one method, the methodology growing technique uh, that we could say that it somehow represents uh, way, the way how uh, quality assurance could be part of, of uh, agile development. But even in, also in that that method, method you, we must loosen our, our definition of, of of having independent team and and, and and focusing on processes. So this methodology growing technique is, is described at least in a uh, Alistair Coburn's book Agile Software Development. Uh, 
it's de described as a on-the-fly methodologic construction and tunning. Uh, the basic idea is uh, that the practices, the team itself chooses practices and documents them in, in a, some form so, uh, suitable for their own needs. They uh, evaluate the practices regularly and identify issues in, in not following the practices and issues that uh, the, if the practices are bad or not suitable for their needs or if they need better practices. And they find resolutions to these, these problems and make, make their own process better. So it's the basic goals and, and, and activities are, are similar to, to quality software quality assurance. Uh, but the focus is into the team uh, what has been done, how well, well it worked out, and how we could become better in what we are doing. Uh, not focusing on documents, independence, or, or, or reporting issues to, to any, any, any place outside the team. And the basic methodology is consists of a few steps. First, we try to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the organization and try to, based on that, by interviewing and, and talking with people and based on that information, try to create, create a base methodology. So something to start, start with. Uh, good methodology that we can and, and good practices that we can we, we think that will work in our team uh, adjust it also, also with the team in, in, in the starting point and then start with the base methodology uh, and in the middle of first increment so very soon when we have worked started working in our project we are uh, making a small inter interview and trying to find out if this process will work, we are going to meet our goals, uh, or should we make a big changes, big changes in very, very early, early in our, our project. And then the core of this, this, this uh, technique is holding a team reflection workshop after each increment. It's kind of a self quality assurance session for the team where, where they track their uh, practices, evaluate how well they have been performed their practices, how good the practices are, if there are bad practices, where do they have uh, omissions, what else is needed, what, what things, uh, where do we need new, new, need new practices. For example, if, if, if the review practice is not working out and, and, and that leads to a bad documentation quality, then the need might need a new practice for, for, or new methods for, for covering that, that issue. And after each project, they can hold a bigger post-project 
review to, to kind of summarize the experiences for previous project and work, work as an input for, for the next the workshop. Uh, after each uh, iteration is whole reflection workshop and as you probably know, iterations in agile development uh, are quite short, perhaps around two weeks or one week or, or one month could be considered already a quite long iteration. So quite often the reflection, reflection workshop is held uh, and each element of the process Pros is documented, but perhaps using a very brief for format, slides, uh, lists, uh, post-it notes, uh, anything that is enough for communicating their working pra practices for the small team. And each element of the process which they have is evaluated uh, after, after an increment in agile, agile world, agile uh, process, they have just delivered a running tested increment of a software. So they have, uh, they should have applied all their, almost all their practices during the increment because during the short short increment. So they have a fresh experience from almost all their practices. And then at this point, they can evaluate what they need more and, and what was unnecessary, what they can leave out and, and what, what needs to be improved. Uh, main questions are what did we learn during, the, during this increment or iteration? What can we do better? And the results of this workshop can be almost anything, but typically tightened standards. If we need more rigorous approach in some area, new practices, conventions, changes to existing things, dropping unnecessary things out is quite important. If people feel that some practice, some documentation, some, some way of doing things is unnecessary and, and not needed at all, then it's good, good, good to drop it out as soon as possible to, to kind of keep people motivated and, and focus on more important things. Changes in physical working environment, changes in team organization even can be, can be reactions to, to the problems that they identified. Coburn proposes using a physical poster and post-it post notes as a tool for this process. That's one way of doing it. So just if you do with post-it post -it notes, you can you can take one note at the time, one note that describes one one practice or part of your process and okay, what do you think this discuss, perhaps collect written 
comments from, from the team and then decide is it practice that worked well, is it practice that we have problems that we can must throw out and then write new notes representing practices that we want to try out in the next iteration to improve our, our process and, and, and make, make better, for example, better quality in this case. And the one important difference to CMM approach is that the team does not have any, any uh, written or documented evaluation criteria. So their only criteria is that, okay, we had this kind of practice. Uh, did we follow it or, or did it work well or, or not? Do we have problems? But it's not, not they, they don't have a uh, detailed description of each part of their process, how it should, should be performed and, and then that they could use to compare to. It's, it's more like they, they try to identify uh, what things are not working out, what are our problems. Not so much comparing to what what was what was documented or designed uh, earlier, and, and and was that followed exactly? So by comparing these two approaches, CMM and Agile approaches, you can see that uh, there might be some choices to made how to organize quality assurance or software quality assurance. Uh, we can have an independent QA, independent QA team or we can have a, it integrated into the project team or, or project team can act as their own quality assurance team. Sure, there are many benefits of having independent team. Sure, there are many benefits of, of uh, taking these issues in your own hands and, and trying to make uh, kind of ensure following your own process by, by yourself. Mm. We can choose if we want to ensure that our teams are com complying to documented processes, are following the exact documented processes or we can choose to focus on how well our practices are working, how we could improve our, our practices, how can we become better. Uh, that's, a, that's a different different emphasis also here. Evaluation criteria. We could compare to our process description and use this predefined criteria to identify non-compliance issues and problems. Or we could just take what we have, what we have done, what was the result, for example, what, what kind of quality did we manage to create or, or build in a in this iteration and try to identify what issues and problems do we have. 
it's a it's actually a big difference it's a big difference it's 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 the the first option here is it reflects the whole idea of CMM. CMM says that eat this medicine and you will be healthy. And the other option is uh, ask, uh, do I have some symptoms? Am I sick? And I, if I have a symptom, I have a headache, then I take the medicine. Focus. Do we look at documents, processes, de deliverables, uh, review uh, artifacts that the, the kind of uh, uh, artifacts that the process produces in, in different phases, or do we focus more on end products, quality of, of our, our the, the software product that we are, we are developing? Uh, the process, the document-driven process approach uh, wants to focus on, on all, all uh, all phase products, all, all uh, artifacts that are produced and, and uh, review them, focus on documents, focus on processes. And in agile, agile uh, development, they want to focus on the end product, what they are delivering to customer, and they don't care so much about, the, uh, for example, designs and requirements documentation. Uh, it's only important if it, if it clearly uh, causes some problems to the, to the end product. Communication is reporting to management important or is it uh, is it really really supporting the team is the quality assurance uh, genuine support organization or is there a lot of value in quality assurance itself Okay, I guess that this was all I had about quality assurance. There has not been too many questions, any ideas? No. I wanted to ask a little bit more about the methodology of growing technology. I think you said Coburn. Yeah. Uh, did you say anything more about where this came from? Agile Software Development book titled Agile Software Development. But is it written as an organizational pattern? 
No. No, it's just it's described. It's described. It's like a pattern language. No. More questions, ideas? about bugs? How many of you have heard about bugs on this course? What you have heard about bugs? If the first is uh, non-trivial, there will be bugs. Non-trivial products will have bugs. Yeah. Uh, what, what do we need to do with the bugs? Somebody finds a bug, what happens? We have to document them after we fix them. Document and fix them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What else? And document the fix and run both the small test and the regression test. Yeah. Document the fix, run tests, retest the bug, regression test wider, on a wider scope. Good. More. Right, that's the bugs, because uh, uh, there will be more bugs than you can fix. Yeah, prioritization, an important part of bug management, defect management, important part of all testing. And, and there will be always more bugs to fix if you, if you do decent testing, and, and, and especially if you have a wide customer base that, that are all, all the time reporting new and new bugs more or less serious but anyway prioritization hard decisions should we fix these things or not we have time to fix it what if we don't fix okay good good things uh, few I just I throw you a few ideas of, of think about to give you some some uh, leave you some some mark in your memory that bugs bugs are important and, and there are few certain things that are related to handling bugs and, and what to do with them. But first, how do we know a bug is a bug? How do we know how how do we recognize a bug when he, when we see a bug? We need oracles. Somebody of you recognize the movie and know that the lady here is oracle that can tell some some important things to Neo. Uh, test oracles are things that can tell us if we have a bug in our software. There are different oracles. Uh, Specification, we can use a specification as our oracle. Uh, the feature work, works like this, but the specification says that there must be a bug. 
might be mathematical thing. We can write the formula that we can use to calculate the correct result and the formula is our oracle to tell if the result, the, the implementation is correct or not. It can be another program, especially if we are replacing an old system with the new one, then we could have a good oracles, existing uh, automated oracles as in a, in a form of a, the old, old implementation. But many times it's a person. Product manager, product owner, uh, requirements engineer, uh, even developer, tester, customer. Many times people think that the customer is good or customer should know. Uh, it's not too often that customer actually knows and, and it's, it's very, very rare that you have the customer available for being your Oracle and tell, tell how exactly should this, this thing work. And it's many cases it's hard to find an Oracle. The specifications are not nearly as, as complete and, and comprehensive that to, to work as an kind of sole Oracle for, for testing. And with manual, for example, black box testing, system acceptance testing, you can perhaps manage to, to uh, get enough input from different persons, different, different people. But in automated testing, you want to run automate tests, run a high amount, large amount of tests in a short time. But what, you, what, what use do you have? to your automated tests if the test cannot automati automatically tell if, if the test passed or failed. So in automated uh, test automation, it's absolutely crucial to be able to, to find a good oracle. And it's, it's really not, an, uh, tri not a trivial problem. Okay, then what is a bug? Here is a definition. Is, it, is this a good one? Let's say, would it be good if a tester took this kind of uh, tester took this kind of uh, attitude towards bugs? Yeah. Tell. Customer might have a different idea. Yeah. <coughs> Customer might have different idea. Yeah. Perhaps the point is that uh, bug is not directly related to any single thing, any any single piece of documentation, specification, requirements, because those those are never as as, as comprehensive as good, and they, they also include bugs of their their own. So there are some. It's a very wide. You need a very wide definition. Here are few. Mm. There is a bug if the software doesn't do what the end user 
reasonable expected expects it to do and even even more vague one the extent to which a program has a bug is measured by the extent to which it fails to be useful but in practice bug is is this kind of thing in, in normally it's very rare that you can you can just just uh, hide behind your specification or requirements document that said, yeah, but it's not mentioned here. It's it's not not a bug or or if it typically it's better than to kind of think that if it's a problem for customer or, or some other important stakeholder, then it must be a bug. And I don't want to go at all to the kind of discussion about what is a soft software bug and, and what is a, some other bug. So, so discussion on, on kind of whose fault is, is it is, it is, it, is, it, is it a software bug? So it, is it a problem with that our software is, is perfect, but now some, somebody else have, have made that mistake? If, if it's a problem for the customer or user, then it's a bug. And it, uh, the, the root cause might be might be uh, with uh, bad requirements or or mistake in in, in design and, and specification or, or coding error or whatever configuration error. It's it's customer's own own fault, whatever. But but it it then goes to the quality assurance field to kind of find out the root cause and think about what how. How can we improve our, our process? How can we prevent this kind of defects to ever happen? From literature, you can find a kind of rules for identifying defects. I've took here some examples of, of to give, give some idea to what, how to how to identify a defect. It's kind of some, somehow reflects also the, the, the tester's attitude. So the last one is important. And uh, also the fourth one is good to, good to understand that if the software does not do something and the specification, for example, does not mention it, it can still be bug if the specification clearly should mention it. Okay. Yeah. Why do we need to report defects? Why do we need to write down long descriptions of defects and put them into a database and and uh, collect different kinds of information related to defects like types and severities and, and uh, modules that they are related to and who found and who fixed and how long it took and so on. Why do we need this kind of work? Why do we need to manage defects? I think Yeah, we can use that information in process improvement. That's very important part of it. 
Uh, how about then if we look at our think our day-to-day -day development work? Why do we need need to re do defect reporting? Yes, because I think uh, if you don't report the errors, you might you might repeat the same errors. Yeah, if you don't report, you might repeat them. Okay, I'm hunting a, probably a little little too little bit too trivial thing here. First. We want to report them uh, to make sure that we don't lose them again. If we find some tricky defect, it has to be put somewhere that it's, it's, it's uh, so that we can, we can later remember that we have found it, the, the defect and what, what the defect was. And we want to get the defects fixed. And if we don't systematically collect them to some place and manage them, they, they'll never get fixed. Uh, and to enable defect management. We want to prioritize our defect fixing, fixing work. It's very rare places where we can just fix everything that we find right away. If this is not the case, we have to manage the defects some, somehow and to do the prioritization, do the scheduling, make the trade-off decisions, do we fix these defects or do we implement uh, one more new feature for the next release? Uh, we can learn a lot by tracking defect data. Uh, we can use this data to support quality assurance, to learn to improve our own processes. And bugs have a life cycle. Here is one example of life cycle. And to manage this kind of, or any kind of bug life cycle, when bugs are in different states, they are assigned to people, get fixed, and they are resolved and verified and cl finally closed or, or reopened and that kind of stuff. Uh, we need some kind of system. So for a defect management, use some kind of system, some defect management system. There are plenty of them available for free and, and commercial products also and, and it's they are easy to get get start using these kind of systems and managing and, and having all the defects uh, floating around the emails and, and, and notes and, and uh, uh, random documents in, 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 in a shared shared hard disks, it's, it's a mess, it doesn't work. And defect reports, when you write them, it's good to keep in mind that they are cha it's challenging to, challenging to write good defect report. So it's not just you, while doing some, something else, throw a few lines in and, and that's that. You are always kind of criticizing other people's work, bearing bad news, trying to ex typically explain something very complicated that you don't actually even understand it yourself, how, what, what's going on there, something weird, typically. You might be communicating with people that have very different mindset. For example, salespersons communicating 
defects to, to developers, defects that they have found or customers have reported. And the goal is to motivate people to fix fix old things instead of, of creating new, new fancy features. And in worst case, these defect reports are the only communication channel between testing and development. But of course, we don't want this to be this to be the case. But but anyway, it's it's quite strong and and important communication channel. Thinking about uh, distributed uh, development in teams in different places, different cultures, or just that a developer thinks differently while working than uh, someone. Yeah, mainly, mainly, mainly the differences in thinking between developer, tester, uh, people in customer interface uh, requirements people sales people uh, product people in product management customers you many of you will be will be customers also in customer role in software projects and of course the cultural cultural differences are, are a big issue affecting everything So the attitude towards bugs will be quite different between testers who, whose main goal is to reveal them and developers who try to avoid them with all, all means. There are some tips for writing down defects and, and here was the basic stru structure of the, of the defect report. I don't go de in, in details here, but... but Brief, clear, neutral tone in defect reports is good. Try to be concrete that the reader can actually understand it. And try to understand the defect before writing down the report yourself so that you know what you are describing, actually. And don't rush up just describing the first, first symptom that on, on the surface that you can notice. Just dig a little bit deeper what, what the actual deep might be. So that's all. Thanks. Okay.